There's a story of an old farmer who liked to brag around town that he could command his mule without nothing more than a few words, no whips or prods necessary. She would respond, he claimed, with nothing more than gently spoken commands. Of course, people were skeptical, so one day his buddy down at the feed store asked for a demonstration. He, he asked, prove to me that your old mule will respond with nothing more than gentle language. And so, out to the field they went, the farmer and his buddy and the mule. And unfortunately, as the friend watched, first in awe and then in a little bit of horror, the farmer took a big piece of lumber, a two-by-four, about six feet long, and swung it with all his might, hitting the mule on one ear. When the animal stopped braying and bellowing and carrying on and prancing around, the farmer then said quietly to it, Come here. And the mule came. Sit. And the whimpering creature sat. Back up. And she backed up into the harness of a plow and waited calmly for him to hook up. You see, he said, she'll respond to simple voice commands. But his friend objected, what in the world are you talking about? You said all you had to do was talk to her, but you hit her in the head with this huge two-by-four. What do you mean you commanded her with only words? That's not what I saw. Oh, that, said the farmer. Well, first, I do have to get her attention. Have you had a fellow Christian ever come up to you and tell you that they needed a proverbial two-by-four upside the spiritual head for God to get their attention? It's probably more often than we care to admit. Why? Well, I guess without it, we would have a hard time listening, and if we have a hard time listening to what God wants us to do, it's that much harder to actually follow. So today we hear a proverbial two-by-four story. The main actors are Saul and Jesus and Ananias. The story is about a change in Saul prompted by the Holy Spirit, that just as Saul was changed by the light, he becomes one who shares the light effectively with the people around him. And today, we are asked to see how it is that God has come to us by the Holy Spirit and empowers us to be the light to others, regardless of who we were or who we are. Two by four or not, God wants our attention so that he can change us to become like Saul, who had a profound effect as a disciple and a follower and a witness for Jesus Christ. Why did God use Saul? Did you ever ask that question? Why would he use a guy like Saul, given who he was? Out of everybody he could have used, other disciples, other well-known people of the Jewish faith, maybe another leader or a priest, why did he choose Saul? Well, strangely enough, it's because Saul was perfect for the task given him by God. He was thoroughly versed in Jewish theology, language, and culture. He was a native of Tarsus, and so he was equally at home in Greek culture. He was a citizen of the Roman Empire, trained in the secular trade of tent making, so he was able to support himself financially. He was also a fine Pharisee who was trained by Gamaliel, whom we heard last week was a high-ranking member of the Sanhedrin. 
but he was a persecutor of Christians. And as we heard, he had letters written to all the synagogues by the high priests asking for the arrest of any person preaching in the name of Christ or followers of the way. Those were followers of Jesus. So why did he use somebody who effectively was playing for the other team? Well, it's because Saul thought he was following God. Up until that moment when a flash of light interrupted his stroll to Damascus, Saul thought he was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. He was a devout Jew. He knew the Hebrew Scriptures, and he thought these Jesus followers were getting it all wrong. But God simply wanted to use that very drive and leadership capacity as long as it was focused in the right direction. Saul's personal encounter with Jesus did just that, so from that point on, Saul's energies were channeled into bringing the gospel to light no matter where he was. And after a meeting with Ananias, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, and his blindness was removed. What about us? We've heard about Saul. What about us? Often, God often has something to do, something dramatic to do with us, or we wouldn't even notice that God is calling us. But to be sure, God is calling us to do something. God is calling us out of our own stubbornness, is urging us to adjust our lifestyles. And perhaps we don't even notice that until we're hit with the two-by-four against our heads. But just as Saul was knocked over by the light of Jesus, we need to make adjustments to our lives if we are going to do God's work. And sometimes we may just have to experience God prodding us to make those changes. Ananias was another guy who needed a change too, a redirection by the Holy Spirit. Ananias knows who Saul is. He knows the negative part about who Saul is, that he's a persecutor of Christians, and so Ananias wants nothing to do with him. But God assures Ananias that Saul is God's man to do the job of sharing the gospel, and therefore it requires that Ananias do his job that God is asking of him to go and pray over Saul, to restore his sight, and to assure that Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit in order to do what God was calling him to do. So, these two people, in an instant, both of them seemingly comfortable beforehand, were blown out of the water. Saul and Ananias, a dramatic change happened in both of them, a change that would inaugurate the greatest missionary movement in the history of Christianity. So like them, if we are going to join in God's work, we have to make some major adjustments. We will never know what God can do with us until we give Him all that we are. So what will it take for us to give God our all so we might be a light to and for others? As we easily recognize, Saul made some major adjustments. Saul's dramatic 180-degree turn is indeed remarkable in and of itself, but there's something about Saul that's even more fascinating than his turn of heart. As the passage tells us, Saul thought he was going to get the people back in line. He knew the people were out of order, and he was going to get them back on track. So as Saul set out for Damascus, With what essentially amounted to an open arrest warrant for any Christian, 
He thought he was doing what God wanted him to do. He was probably even meditating on the scriptures as he and the horse made his way to Damascus. But then we hear the story. We know the story. All of a sudden, there is a flash of light and a question, why do you persecute me? And when Saul asks who it is, the voice says, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. And suddenly, everything that Saul thought is turned on its head, and he sees that he wasn't actually doing what God wanted after all. Have you ever come to a realization like that? This story of Saul's conversion affords us a good opportunity to consider the possibility that we aren't necessarily following God as we think we are. Or perhaps we're not dedicated to God in the way that we should be. Paul was devout, but it turns out he was devout in a bad way. Like him, we can be devout and still be acting contrary to Christ. This is what Saul learned as he made his way to Damascus, and it is what you and I must learn if we are to be true disciples of Jesus Christ. We can come to church every Sunday and think ourselves devout, but until the light knocks us off our feet and the Holy Spirit comes to fill us, we might be fooling ourselves. However, when the Holy Spirit does fill us, we become powerful tools to be used by God. We can be the light and share the light we have experienced with others. No one else would have been suited to do what Saul did, and it's the same with us. No one else can do what only you can do. No one else has your circle of friends, your abilities, or your situations. God wants to send us out to commission us to do something significant, and we may not play a prominent or highly visible role in that, but God has a personally fulfilling plan for us that will bring him glory by building his church. The question is, how does this happen? The answer is, by the Holy Spirit. Ananias, the other guy in the story, also had an experience, also needed a change. He was the bearer of far more important news to Saul than that he would regain his sight. Far more wonderfully, Saul would also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like the disciples, Saul was chosen personally by the Lord Jesus Christ and received the Spirit for the work he was being called to do and power directly from him. The Spirit took Saul's natural strengths and refocused them. We know Saul to be a natural leader with strong convictions, and God simply took those things and redirected them in a way that could honor God instead of persecute his followers. The Spirit also took Saul's undesirable characteristics and replaced them with desirable ones. Instead of being filled with hate, he became more loving. Instead of being aggressive toward Christians, he was filled with peace. Instead of treating people roughly and harshly, there was now a spirit of gentleness. The Holy Spirit does that with us too. He takes the undesirable and replaces it with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is with those things, the fruit of the Spirit, that we effectively share the light of Christ with others.
Only the Spirit of God can thoroughly sanctify a life. Saul later expressed that truth in his letter to the Corinthians when he said, And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. When Saul met the light of Jesus, his life was forever changed. And with the help of Ananias, he was given the gift of the Holy Spirit. He did a 180-degree turn in his life, and instead of persecuting Christians, joined them in sharing the light of faith through preaching and leadership. The question is for us, how is it with us? How have we been changed by coming into connection with Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and making a difference in being witnesses to the light of Christ in our lives? To be sure, God holds out that promise to all people. Anyone who chooses to be used can be used. Your past doesn't matter. Just look at Saul's. But Saul had to make a change. What change do you have to make to be a fully devoted, light-bearing follower of Jesus? For sure, God has something that only you can do for Him, unlike anyone else. How in tune with the Holy Spirit are you as He leads and guides and fills you with His gifts? To recall a question from Pastor Nancy's sermon last week, what does God want to do with your life? What is His purpose for you. Well, the Holy Spirit will help you figure that out, will help us all figure that out if we let Him. Once we experience the light of Christ and the direction of the Holy Spirit, we will never be the same. So let's follow Saul's example and make a change. Let's listen carefully to what God is saying. Let's be obedient to it, receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and be a light to the world around you. That is the word for those of us who need to make some major adjustments so that we might join in God's work. Get up and go, get to work, and the next steps will become clear. The world needs to see our light and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit at work in us. We need to be the hands and the heart of Jesus at work at our homes, our neighborhoods, our businesses, and our communities. And the good news is this, that God promises to go with us. The only question that, that's left is this. It's a personal question to you and to me. Will we choose to be a light? Will you be a light to the darkness around you? Will you show the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to a world that desperately needs it? Will you be a light? Amen.